0: <laughs> All right. Here's me not looking at the camera again, but I did want to talk to you guys while I have a little bit of time, uh, sitting here in traffic, a little bit of time. So I thought it'd be a good time to just share. Uh, so I just got out of a Holy spirit filled, powerful leadership meeting with some very key players in our nation. And I will tell you the glory and the presence of God fell. And, um, some of these people will be on my show soon so we'll get to hear from them but I was asked not to video or take pictures with anybody at the meeting uh, which I can understand you know it's kind of weird to walk around and take pictures with people sometimes you know it's like hey can I get a picture with you you know it's just an uncomfortable thing unless it just organically happens um, but there were some some big uh, you know people that have a lot of authority in this nation from a spiritual standpoint they've been digging wells for a long time. And uh, you know, I feel like it's a remnant group. It's not, it's not, you know, people that are like celebrity preachers. But they're these are remnant, you know, remnant leaders that have been digging wells. Anyway, very powerful anointed. We prayed about certain things, you know, uh, including HR one, HR five, uh, getting people into key positions of leadership in our nation. You know, one of the points that we put up on uh, the uh, ten things that we can do right now, which uh, I, I continue to talk about because people ask me every day you know, what can we do? Well, we put up 10 things that you can do right now and uh, we'll continue to put that out there. But, uh, you know, that's what we're really pushing. Now, one of the people there, and I can't really talk too much about the meeting with somebody who feels uh, the, the calling into government. And we're asking people in the body of Christ that are people of God that walk with the anointing because what breaks the yoke? It's the anointing. So we're believing that people are being called for a time as this, some of them in the governmental realm. And uh, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom talk out there and a lot of people are uh, suggesting that uh, our nation is done i hear it all the time just like you probably do all right i'm back sorry about that um i don't know why it just went down for a minute there anyway a lot of people are saying our nation's done it's done you know just prepare the body of christ for the end times and i get it i mean look you look at the world it looks pretty bad right you know but there's a lot of other times in history when it looked bad. And by the way, I'm not saying the hour is not late. In fact, I've been saying the hour is late for a long time. And it is late. And we're clearly seeing at least what I would call the birth pangs, where we're seeing a lot of things being put into position uh, for the end times if we're not in them already. So I'm not in disagreement with the people that are saying that. But I believe in my spirit that God is not done with the United States of America. I believe that we're going to see a miraculous work of God. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. And by the way, we don't really deserve it. But here's why I feel this way. And I want to give you some hope. And this is from a spiritual standpoint. I think we need to repent. I'm all about it. All about repentance. In fact, that is the recipe for revival. If you look at 7 Chronicles 7.14, it's very clear what you gotta do to get revival. There needs to be repentance. So we all need to be preaching and talking about repentance. We need to understand what true repentance is. We need to turn away from sin and unrighteousness. We've embraced it as a church. And uh, and here's the thing, so these leaders and I were talking about, I wanna just, I, I say this, this is what I would agree on um, is is that, and you know, I agree on many things, but one of the things that we talked about is is that we've been trying to unify with the corporate church. Here's a word we've been trying to unify with the corporate church. And unfortunately, and I'm not talking about the corporate body because that's a little bit different. I'm talking about churches that are literally like a corporation. I'm talking about churches that really aren't filled with the Holy spirit. And again, those of you that have been following me for a while, you know, I'm not a church basher. I'm not out here bashing pastors and churches in the body. I'm not always talking negative. I'm not a heresy hunter, but I do believe in this hour we need to speak very frankly and very real. And there is an element, a large element, a large section of the American "quote unquote" church that really is not operating as the body of Christ. They're 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 allowing leaven, they're allowing sin, they're allowing compromise, and so the remnant body of tr- of Christ honestly can't really align with that. And it's it's a it's a it's upsetting. It's it's sad. It's disturbing. I wish it wasn't the case. I, I wish that uh, you know we there wasn't this element of of a a church that's willing to compromise in our nation. It makes me think of what the book of Revelation says, uh, you know, but it, there clearly is. there. There's a compromised church. And uh, and so unfortunately, you know, we cannot align with that that particular group as the remnant body of Christ because there's leaven and there's compromise. And so I really feel like that, you know, and I, and I know a lot of you have been sharing this with words and different things that you've been saying to me, but there is a separation of the weak you know, versus the chap. There's a separation of the sheep versus the goats. And, and we're, we're witnessing that. So it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. I mean, of course, it's disappointing that there's a lukewarm church out there that's, that's unfortunately willing to allow the sin to compromise. We're seeing denominations getting into this. We're seeing, you know, them saying, hey, we're going to teach critical race theory. We're going to teach, uh, you know, the LGBTQ and all this stuff. And it's just like, what? Like, how can they be reading the same Bible? They're not. I mean, if they are... They're leaving large portions of teaching and sound doctrine out. But this is unfortunately very real and it's happening. And so we need to address it head on and say, yes, it's happening. But here's the good news is that the remnant church are also able to connect now because we can see who are willing to stand. The Gideons 300 or the 300, the group of people that are willing to stand for the entirety of the word of God, that are willing to stand for righteousness. And that's where the anointing, my friends, that's where the anointing in the United States lays right now. It lies with the remnant church. And, and so it goes back to what we're doing and contending for our nation when people are saying the United States is done. Well, why would we decree and declare the United States is done? Why would we speak that out of our mouth when the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue? Do we not realize the authority and the anointing that the church has? Because if we are the remnant church and if we are walking in purity and holiness and righteousness, that does not mean that we are without sin. But that means that we are willing to consecrate ourselves, that we're willing to uh, at least do our very best as a human being to stand for righteousness and to try to live in holiness. If we're doing that, then the demons even know that because I'll give you an example in the scripture where, the, where, the, where it says, I know Peter, I know Paul, but who are you? Why did the demons know Peter and Paul? Well, I'll tell you why they knew Peter and Paul because Peter and Paul were walking in the anointing and they were walking in the fullness of what God had for their calling and they were not allowing leaven and they were walking in the authority of, the, of Jesus Christ. And so in doing so, the demons knew their name. Now, that's very important because the demons know your name. If you're a remnant warrior, if you're a true person of God that's willing to stand for righteousness, that's walking this out, the full full armor of God, the full word of God, walking in the anointing for this hour, raised for a time as this, if you're doing that, then the demons know your name. Now, here's the thing. Now, you wonder why you get the warfare. Well, you get the warfare because the demons know your name. And they know you're a mover and a shaker. You don't have to have... Uh, you know, there, there could be a large church pastor that's not walking in the anointing. There could be a large mega church pastor that has no anointing other than worldly anointing. I mean, the Bible says the gifts come without repentance. So, you know, maybe he is anointed, a great speaker, very articulate, he definitely has the gifting. But if they're not walking in the in the fullness of what God has for them, and otherwise the anointing of the Holy Spirit, meaning that they're consecrated, they're they're they're, they're you know, not allowing areas of sin and compromise in their life, they're you know, willing to stand for the full Bible, that's an authority. That's an authority. And that's very significant, saints. It's very significant because if you walk in that type of mantle and authority, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have necessarily a designated position of a, you know, you don't have to be some large church pastor is what I'm saying. You don't need to be, you know, it it, it doesn't matter. Look who the Bible used, David. was, Was David front and center when he first was called? No. What was he doing? He was back there. You know, no one even saw him, Baird. He was like the most humble in the beginning, right? But, but God chose David. He had a calling. He was walking in the anointing. The, the calling was on his life, the anointing. So that's what I'm saying is, is that you don't have to be the front and center, the megachurch pastor. In fact, I think it's the exact opposite. Not that there won't be some megachurch pastors. And again, I'm not against megachurches as long as they're doing it right. But what I am against is the corporate church. And again, that doesn't mean the corporate body. I'm talking about the corporation where they've allowed so much corporate corporate entity, corporation, CEO, all this nonsense and walking away from the anointing and the authority because it's a business. Now I know there has to be an element of business type of things if you're running a big church. Now I'm not saying that you can't have administrators and you know different positions, secretary, all that. I get it, okay? What I'm saying is, is that it became in America so much apathy, so much business, so much corporate you know, following all these things that are mammon, not God, not anointed. And you have to wonder, do the demons know their name? Do the demons know their name? When they walk in the room, is there an authority? Because are they really equipped and are they really walking in the fullness? So this is very important. This is a very important word. And I say that because this is the key. You want to, you know, and the Lord is, is giving us a, a, an understanding here in the prophetic really, if you will, but an understanding from kingdom dynamics is, is that if we walk in the fullness, it means we get back to teaching about the blood, the cross, repentance, the entirety of the word of God, we're willing to stand for righteousness. We don't allow leaven. We don't allow compromise. We're not, you know, trying to be socially relevant or celebrity pastor or corporation or all this stuff. And again, I'm not against, you know, corporations, you know, I think you understand what I'm saying. But we can't be like you know, we gotta be allowing the Holy Spirit to move. We can't be quenching the spirit. The demons need to know our name. How does that happen? That happens in walking out the fullness of your calling. That happens in being authentic. That happens in being true. That happens in being real. As a, as a true follower of Jesus Christ who has a healthy fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean like I'm scared of God, but it does in a way, but it would have more? it's a healthy fear. In other words, it's a reverence of His holiness. He's holy, he's worthy of praise, he's worthy of honor, he's worthy of glory. So there's a holiness that I think we've made God, we we put him into a box in many ways. And that's important because then it makes you understand why people feel like we can't have miracles, we can't have signs and wonders, we can't have, you know, America's done, it's it, we got to just surrender. Well, they don't understand the authority, so it goes back to the authority. If If we believe what we read in the scripture, which is the ultimate truth, and that Jesus is the word of God is living, right? If we believe that, then we have to believe what it says. And if we believe what it says, and we're walking in that, then yes, we're gonna see miracles, signs, wonders, and we're gonna see, uh, you know, the Lord respond to the prayers of the righteous, fasting, prayer, all the things, the tools that we have in our toolbox as kingdom people. And I know there's some people that don't believe the gifts are for today, and I get it, and I have some friends that even believe that, but you know, as I read the scripture, and I, and I, and I read it, you know, exactly verbatim as it says, it, it's hard for me to have to get that in a second, guys. It's hard for me to make that, 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 uh, that proclamation that some pastors make that the gifts are not for today. Cause why did they go away? Why, and why does Acts chapter two happen? And why does the scripture say that we're going to be able to do what Jesus did and more? So that, that would be contradictory to that scripture. Because if the scriptures, Jesus did miracle signs and wonders, and the scripture blatantly says that we're gonna be able to do what Jesus was able to do in his ministry and more. So listen, there's going to be negativity around you. There's gonna be people that tell you you can't. There's gonna be a lot of all that. We have to really shut that out right now and understand who we are and our identity in Christ. Who are we? Why are we here? What is our purpose? What has God called us to do? Did he make a mistake? No. You know, did he tell us that we have authority to pray? Yes. You know, how, how does, how shall we pray? You know, he even answers that our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and on and on, right? He gives us an example, but that doesn't mean that we have to just say that prayer. He gives us an example. But the thing is, is, is that prayer is a powerful weapon. When we pray, we believe that God is able to answer the prayers that we're praying. Otherwise, what is the point? So it has to be that connection of faith and authority and anointing, and it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of the enemy, right? The anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke of the enemy. So I'm believing, and that's why I stand on this promise of God that America will be a Nineveh instead of a Sodom and Gomorrah, that we will repent that the righteous remnant and the prayers of the righteous are being heard, and we have to stand and believe that. So when people attack you, they tell you you're crazy. You know, the enemy wants to take away your faith, make you feel like you're defeated, and There's warfare, all that stuff is gonna happen, saints. But remember your identity in Christ, who you are. Why did God allow you to live in this particular time? Why did he take you from glory to glory? Why did he take you all the way to here where you are right now? Did he take you all the way here just to leave you out now, that's it, we're done, that's it? No, did he say he's gonna forsake us? Did he say he's gonna leave us? No, he didn't say he was gonna leave us. In fact, the very opposite, he's gonna be with us even until the end of the age, which means he's with us right now. I know Peter, I know Paul, but who are you? The demons know your name. And when you walk in the room, there's a shifting and authority that takes place because there's a, the atmosphere is literally shifted because you bring in the Holy Spirit of the living God, which lives in you. Remember when you invited Jesus in your heart, be your Lord and Savior, invite his Holy Spirit in? If you haven't done that, do it today. Why wait? Listen, this is so real. All this stuff is so real. It is 100% real. I know they'll try to tell you it's fake or, you know, they're trying to trust the science and all that. They have the biggest holes in their story. Let me tell you, I've, I've argued it in a, in, a, in a nice way, not in a mean way, but I've, I've had these types of debates with uh, atheists and with people that are out there that don't believe in God. And I understand they are entitled to their opinion and view as God has given us free will. I'm not attacking them as a person, but what I will say is that I find it that they would have more faith than me because they're believing that, that we just came from a big bang out of nowhere. where did the big bang come from? Out of nowhere, that's wild. You know, how can that happen? Who who did the Big Bang? And, and so you know, and then you know, where did life come from? So the intricacy. Have you ever looked at somebody's brain, or you know, some of the things that they in the diagrams and all that? I'm sure you probably haven't seen a real brain, but you know, looked at the intricacy of the body and how it, you know the heart and the ventricles and all the different things. Think about the 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 intricacy of that. And their, their theory is that we came from like amoebas, and where did those come from? And who created those? And then they'll say, oh, well, it came from some star somewhere and something crashed into the earth and it brought water and blah, blah, blah. And they have all these different stories. Okay, every one of those stories has massive holes. Massive holes, because if you think about it, where did those things come from? There always has to be some type of beginning. That's just common sense. So we can crush every one of their narratives and every one of their stories with real common sense. Real, you know, just matter of fact facts. It has to come from somewhere. There has to be a higher being. If there's that higher being, then wouldn't he let himself be known to you? Wouldn't, if you reached out to that higher being and said, I wanna know you, wouldn't he then make himself known? Have you ever done it? Have you ever asked? Well, I have, and I'll tell you, when I asked, he made himself known in a very powerful way. And so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's real and he anoints me and he gives me words and messages and opens divine favor and different things. He takes care of me. He protects me, he keeps me healthy, he does all those things. Why does he do that? Well, I don't know, it's part of his plan for my life and I trust him. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. That's what the Bible says, he's the author and the finisher. He wrote this story, he's writing your story. You ever thought of why it's called his story history? His story, he's writing your story right now. We're not to fear, what place does fear have with love? Perfect love casts out fear, no fear, no fear. fear. Does that mean we'll never be afraid? No, we'll sometimes feel a spirit of fear, try to come on us, but we cast it out. Why? Because again, the God of heaven and earth, the creator of all things is with us, even until the end of the age. That means he's with us right now. He's anointing us and appointing us. He's making a way where there is no way and he's moving on our behalf. So when all that's, when you think of all those scriptures and everything that he promises, hope in the future, yes and amen. And then you think about America, our nation was literally dedicated to God. It was the biggest church plan in the history of the world. Literally dedicated to God, our nation. And, and, and there's a covenant. The founders of this nation made a covenant with God. Now, we have to uphold that covenant. When you return, we need to repent all those things. But I believe even if the righteous remnant and the and, and, you know, maybe not the full church, but the righteous remnant, we repent, we get in the fullness of what God has for us. We stand for righteousness. We pray and contend for our nation that I believe God is going to do something powerful. Why? Because that's what his word says. And I believe what his word says. So I know it's kind of like some people don't want to believe it and some people don't want to know they don't have enough faith and they're, they're feeling all shaken up and all these different things. I get it. I've seen it all. I've heard it all just like you. But at the end of the day, I got to remember what God says in his word. His promise is yes and amen. Hope in the future. He's promised me. He made me fearfully and wonderfully for a time as this. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't bring me in too late or too He's not going to leave me or forsake me. He's not going to, you know, all my needs are going to be met according to his riches and glory. He says, I've taken care of the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. How much more will I take care of you? There it is. It's so, it's so right there. So I believe the word of God and I believe what it says. And I, and I believe many of you do too. And so if we stand on all those promises every single day and we wake up and we praise him, not only for what he's done, but what, if he, what he's about to do then think about what he's about to do. And so today we felt the presence of God with the leaders that came together. There was an anointing. It was powerful. Uh, You know, we are just humble servants of the Lord. We are nobody, nameless and faceless before him. Although it was nice to see certain people there, but I will tell you that I, I hope there's more meetings like this happening all around the country with churches, with people that are just getting together and contending and praying and seeking the Lord and getting on your faces before the Lord and crying out to him for our country. This is what we need. This is what we need. I believe if we do this all over, prayer meetings, church, if you have a church that you go to, get together, pray, get on your faces before the Lord. You have a home group, get on your faces before the Lord and just cry out for our nation. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and meet you in that meeting. Invite him into that meeting and ask him and then say, Lord, guide us how we shall pray for our country right now. How, you know, what, what can we pray for? How can we contend? And how can we have the faith? Because it spreads, it spreads. The minute you get you catch the fire, then you're out there and you're telling somebody else about what God's doing. Telling somebody else about what he's speaking to you. What happens? That lights the fire in them. They go out there, they start talking about what happened to them. You know, that's what happens. Right? So I'm encouraged. I know people every day they say, How are you encouraged? How are you happy? Look what's happening. Oh my gosh. DC is a design where the country's going, you know, just stop praying. Stop it, Pastor Todd. Stop being happy. <laughs> stop stop praying for america just tell everybody about the end times it's here i get it i I'm, I'm get you friend i get you brethren I, I understand what you're saying you're looking around you're saying yes the hour is late i get that and trust me my entire you know the entire time lord's called me to ministry i've been you know preparing people for the end time so it's not like i don't prepare people we got to look up the bible says look up no one knows the day or the hour could happen tomorrow i don't know But the thing is, is that I also wanna give you a hope, and I think that's what's found in Christ and his Holy Spirit, is that we're not meant to just give up and surrender. We don't need to just give up and surrender because at the same time, God is moving on our behalf. He does respond to the prayers of the righteous. And uh, I'm not ready to just throw in the towel. And I know I say this every day and I sound like a broken record, but that's because I I read your mail and I read what people send me and I I read as much as I can and, and I think I read almost everything. And a lot of people are very, very fearful right now. And I would just encourage you and implore you. Again, this is not a reprimand. I'm not reprimanding you, but come out from those people. Come out from those who don't understand to find strength in the Lord that are part of the corporate, the corporation, the corporation church. We, We cannot align with them at this point unless they come back in alignment with the Holy Spirit. They're dead. There's no anointing. It could be a big building. It could be somebody who's a really great speaker and they're really encouraging, motivating, and they got all these cool clothes and they wear skinny jeans and all this great stuff. They're handsome or good looking or whatever. And, you know, really appealing and whatever. And you think, oh, that's so awesome. But there's no anointing. There's no, what's different? What sets you apart? What sets you apart is you are anointed and appointed of the living God. Guys, I gotta go. My phone's blowing up. All right, I hope this encouraged somebody out there today. We love you guys. We bless you. I'll talk to you later.